Hey, what's up, guys? This is Jordan Anderson. Uh, got a little bonus episode for you guys. Uh, so, what is today? So, last Friday, I did a live stream of the one-page proposal template where we kind of really did a deep dive of it, of the you know the reasons why you would do a one-page proposal. You know, the kind of reasons against a traditional proposal, and we went through just really just everything, everything that you could do, and then we at the end we built it out. So. This is the live stream audio from YouTube. Uh, I figured I'd put it on the podcast for you guys to enjoy. Uh, in the show notes, you can download the one-page proposal template. Uh, it should be the first link that you see. Uh, and then also link to the YouTube video as well for you guys to enjoy, just in case, you know, uh, you know, seeing is better than listening. So, hope you enjoy, and uh, here we go. Uh, okay. So, let's kind of get into... Uh, the one-page proposal. So I sent out this template a couple weeks ago. Um, actually, maybe I'll check in with you guys. How's everybody doing? Hope you guys are doing well. Um, we're here in quarantine. So we're just... Uh, I figured we'd do something productive and uh, give you guys a little more info about this one-page proposal. I sent it out and uh, I noticed that there were a couple more questions about it. Um, maybe I didn't explain it enough or just... Uh, or maybe just the fact that it's a, it's a lot of information to take in. So I kind of wanted to uh, do this stream, kind of go through some of these presentations. We've got like a short little PowerPoint here. And uh, we'll go through some of the things. And um, yeah, let's just jump into it. So the one page, one page proposal. So where did I get that from? Uh, it came from this book here, Pricing Creativity by Blair Inns. Uh, the book is called Pricing. You can find it on winwithoutpitching.com. Uh, I think you can you can't buy it on Amazon. You can only buy it in digital form from WinWithoutPitching.com. This book, along with the previous book, Win Without Pitching, has just kind of changed my life and changed the way I look at uh, how I, you know, basically how I create projects, how I price projects, how I work with clients. It it's I will never go back to sending a day rate or sending an hourly rate um, as a filmmaker in the video production world. And a lot of creators like that are just kind of built into the hourly rate. We're all kind of like, we kind of sell our time, what the 8-hour day look like, what the 10-hour day look like. Um, and then we just send out that number, and maybe we're good, maybe we're not good enough for them, or you know, or the person is like comparing it based on price. So, um, so I don't think that's the right way to do it. It's like to compete on price, you know, because it, it's one, like, what if you guys are both of the same caliber, or you have the same education, or if you have the same experience, and one is, you know, 50 bucks an hour, and the other is 45 bucks an hour, do you just go with the 45 bucks an hour guy, because that's, you know, it's cheaper, um, and it's kind of hard to, yeah, it's hard to compare, and then it just, and it just gets lower and lower, so at, in, in the end, you just get a little, you know, you get washed down because you're just racing to the bottom to try to get the lowest price, the lowest hourly rate, the lower lowest day rate. Um, but that's so. This I'm giving you a little bit of background information as to like how to go about this. Uh, how do we go about kind of setting up this proposal and give you a little background information, a little context? So the prob. Let's go with some of the problems of proposals, and let me show you. Let's see if I can pop up one. Okay, so this is. Get this queued up. Okay, let's see. Here we go. So this is a proposal I sent uh, a couple years ago. This was an RFP to a uh, a municipality, a little city, 
and they needed a video production project and they needed like a photo package and um it's just a lot of stuff it was it this entire thing all of this took about as a one person team for me and my partner and it was like I kind of I want to say I kind of did most of the work um not that we're trying to take credit here or anything um but this took about 60 to 80 man hours I'm going to call it um and we never heard back from them so we so there was uh there was research it was a very specifically done RFP where you had to submit everything through um, these very specific guidelines. It had to be in this order. It had to mention these specific parameters. And if you deviated at all from any of these parameters, then it was uh, you'd be rejected immediately. So you had to like it had to be within this amount of pages. It had to be in this font. It had to be on this type of paper. And not only did, it was it was insane. Like and you had to print out. We had to print it out. We had to mail in two copies in ex day, like overnight day something. It was like, and we had to send a digital copy. They wouldn't accept just digital. You had to print it three copies, two copies. It was just it was insane. Um, if you're just joining the live stream, um, we're gonna go over the proposal, how to build a proposal. If you have questions, uh, I'm gonna kind of hit those at the end. So just drop them in the comments, and I'll kind of scroll up. I already see a couple people. Um, I already see a couple people. Uh, kind of leaving some comments. If uh, let me know if the audio is still good, or if anyone see any like technical issues, I'll try to like make sure that we're doing our best here. Um, if this live stream totally craps out, then I'll I'll just throw up the uh, the recorded video. We're doing a recording right now, so you'll be able to get the at least the decent audio. Um, but let me know. So the pro another problem with proposals. Let's go. Uh, so this is kind of what the proposal looked like when we built it. it you know, and this is maybe what typical proposals look like. You know, you start with the executive summary. Uh oh, my OBS disconnected. Oh no! Oh, we're gonna have technical issues. Oh, OBS reconnection successful. Okay, let's see if it crapped out. Let me know, folks. You gotta, you guys gotta keep me in the loop. Keep me in the in the chat window. Keep me in. Uh, let me know if something craps out. <laughs> the problems will always happen. It's fine. Right, let's see. Let me check the stream health. Also, was sending us the restream. I don't know if this actually like affects the buffer rate or not, or if the. Uh, Let's see. Do let's see. The connection dropped out. Okay. I right, we're back online. All right, cool. All right, let's let's keep uh, let's keep chugging on. Again, if this. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys. Yay, the feedback. All right. Um. And again, if this messes up, I'll put up I'll put up this whole video on YouTube just as a, a full video so you can kind of watch the stream in a little higher quality and no buffering. Um, okay. Seems stream feels laggy. All right, I'm seeing some Facebook comments. Audio sounds good, but the video is laggy. Okay, that's fine. We're just doing a PowerPoint, so we don't have to like. If you can hear me, that's I care most about that. So, um, 
back to, so this is probably like the typical structure of like a power uh, of a proposal. So um, whether or not they're parameters, some some companies, some big corporations, like you know, in the example I just gave, the municipality, the the city, they had a very specific need for uh, for something, and, and you know, usually those kind of procurement departments, uh, they want to, you know, they had these like they just have these certain guidelines that you kind of have to follow, or maybe you've seen something like this, and uh, you know, maybe you downloaded an, another proposal template, and this was like a thirty-page template of like. Have, or, or even like things like uh, Microsoft Word templates will kind of start with this. So you kind of start with your executive summary, like who you are, what you're about, what you hope to achieve with this project, your key deliverables, what you're actually going to give to the client. Uh, sometimes they'll want a list of clients, like a list of past clients. Um, and then you go to our approach, which is just code word for this is how we're going to do what we're going to do. And then usually they'll say, you know, give us three of your best ideas or your top number one best idea. And uh, so it would be like idea number one, two, and three. Hold on one second, guys. And then uh, they're going to go to resources. So that's like what you're going to do, like what you're going to put into, into the project. So if it's a video production project, like what resources do you have available? Do you have... Uh, an entire staff of editors? Do you have high production cameras? Do you have um, access to these types of resources? Next they're going to want to know personnel. So for that proposal that I just showed you, they wanted to know uh, basically like many resumes of each team member that was going to have their hands touching the project. Um, so, you know, okay. Here's my resume kind of in like two paragraphs. Here's what the cameras that I can use. Here's my website. And we had to do that for each person with that was going to touch the project. So uh, not only just the creative director, but the director, the producer, the camera operator, the editor, uh, everyone that was going to touch the project in some significant way, they were going to, they wanted to know about that person. Uh, project risk, some, uh, some clients want this. They kind of want to know like what a project is going to go, you know, what the risk is. And then, and then finally budget and conclusion. So, that's the old, that's kind of like old typical proposal right there. Let's go over some mortal sins of a proposal. Um, so I've seen this. I used to work for a company that did this kind of, uh, did a couple of these. And it just made me cringe every time they sent out a proposal. Um, the first one, they put in like team personality. So it's not, you know, we're not only putting like the credentials of each team member, but we're putting the personality, you know, their favorite hobbies the what their favorite yoga pose is where their favorite restaurant is how how they take their coffee all these you know little fun like oh we're fun and then things you know even i, I threw an office dog with like uh you know i and i'll kind of lump this into like office culture and like they'll talk about where we're located and uh the type of environment that we set up and what are all and pictures of the office like who cares like it's you know if it's a video production project or if it's a any kind of creative services project or strategic engagement, it's like it. They don't care what your office looks like. I mean, unless it's just like, because what that tells to me, like, if you're showing pictures of the office, you're trying to like flex a little bit or show like how multi-million-dollar downtown office suite we have that uh, that we work out of, but you, the client, are never going to see or ever need to be there. So, okay, cool. Um, next, they'll show in, and this is all inside the proposal. It'll be like videos and links and embedded links and slides of like behind the scenes and all this stuff. And then I've even seen at the very towards the end, they'll add contract legalese, which is just, you know, all the contract speak. They'll basically put in 
the proposal, the, the deliverables, the team photos, the team, you know, team personality bullcrap, and they'll put, and then they'll put a contract at the end. And it's like this, we're not even at that phase yet, and you're putting in all the legal stuff, the liabilities, the uh, everything that could be just all, basically all the contract legal garbage. They'll put that in there, and then at the end of the proposal, they'll put a signature request. And say like, okay, if you like the proposal, sign it and fax it back to us. And it's like this, like who, why, why would they do this? So I, I think that's, I think it's way off, way off. Um, but the problem with all of these is, and you probably experienced this, is they will just, the, and let's say these proposals are 30 pages, 40 pages thick, and they'll just flip to the back, like yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. They'll flip to the back after reading the executive summary and just look at the budget and go no, we can't do this. This is crazy. This is out of our budget. And it's only one price there. They just have, you know, they'll line item everything. They'll show, you know, I'll even, I'll even flip back to that. Uh, I'll even flip, let me see. With this one, let's see. Where'd it go? Did I leave it? Did I exit out? Let me go back to this. So with this proposal, I'll go to the very end. And it was like we did a line item budget of, yeah, line item budgets, pro, pro, production, pre-production, post-production, photography costs, and we put all the price down there. It's like, okay, this, they're just going to flip to the back. Like that's, I think that was going to be, that was just expected. Like that's what you do if you're a CFO, CEO, and you're getting this proposal from someone that's going to, you know, one of your clients or, I mean, one of your vendors. Then yeah, you're just gonna see how much it costs because that's really all you care about. Or or maybe the person you're talking to is not in a position to make a decision. And they're just a middle manager and they've only been hey, my boss gave me twenty thousand dollars to work with. If this comes in under twenty thousand dollars, then we'll let's talk. So you know you try to finagle it and get it under twenty thousand dollars, and then okay, eighteen thousand dollars, great. Um, so that's 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 kind of the issue with it. Um, what I wanted to go back to earlier is another sad part about this is in here like you put in your approach you put in your ideas you're giving like we gave away three really good video production ideas they wanted to know like like that we were doing like civil war narrative reenactment videos and we were going to like script it out and then we we're going to like they wanted three different videos and they want us to pitch their ideas and what's to stop them from getting this proposal and reading it and go hey that's nice and then going to the other vendor who's cheaper and say hey can you do this we found this on this uh, this proposal here. Is that okay if we do it? You know, it, what's to stop them? Like, they have you just gave away your IP, you gave away your your best ideas, your smartest ideas, and then okay, what you know, what recourse? Like, you, what if they if they went with someone else and did your idea? You don't necessarily have copyright over that, or it's just an idea you didn't make it. I mean, it's not like I mean they could change it. You would never know. Or that you're never here for another one. So that's I want to go back to that about giving away free ideas. Um, so in the book, uh, pricing creativity, and I think this book this was also in uh, implementing value pricing by um, forget the author now, but it's called implementing value pricing, and it's got like a it's a purple book with like a red star on it. Um, but they it goes over this diagram here. So this is kind of a let me kind of walk you through guys this diagram so that what we're used to seeing and what I think most vendors and most you know creative services um, typically do is they start they do this kind of top model the cost based pricing so they start with a product 
They think about how much it's going to cost for them to build it. They think about how much they want to sell it for. Hope oh, we lost the stream. Okay, we're dropping. And then they, uh, and then they think about the value, and then they think about, you know, okay. Then they think about like which client we're going to sell this to. So it's tip, you know. So I'll throw in my video production example and the cost-based pricing. So like they'll think, okay, we can do a mini documentary that's 10 minutes long. Okay, cool. How much is that going to cost us to make a 10-minute documentary? Okay, it's going to cost us, let's say, easy math, let's say it costs $10,000. Okay, $10,000. Let's mark that up and sell it to someone else. Let's sell it for $12,000, add 20%, for example. That's $12,000. And then we're going to think of, then we're going to start to think of, like, all the marketing, like, what, what value is this for the client? And we'll try to, like, create that in our marketing and, and like, and then we'll pitch it to them and see and pitch them the value and then we'll go out and find those clients that would buy something for $12,000, buy a mini documentary for $12,000. What the book says and what uh, a lot of people have proposed with value-based pricing is if you you flip it. So instead of starting with the product, for example, this example video of mini documentary, we go to the very beginning and say, we talk to the client and say, what do you need? What problems are you having? And what can we do to solve those problems? And then you figure out, okay, what is if we were to solve that problem, what would the value of that solved problem be? So we have, you know, you, you may, and I'll, I'll keep going and I'll kind of go back and give some examples. Um, and then once you figure out what the value is to them, then you're going to give them a price, a price based on the value of what it is for the client. What the client values, you're going to set a price. And then once you've set that price, you're going to go in your back end and go back to your business and back to your team and say, this is how much it needs to cost. This is the budget parameters we need to stay under in order to keep our profit margin. And then once you figure out like how much you, you had to spend, how much it's going to cost, then you start thinking about the method and solutions that you're going to do. So it's, it's kind of weird. Like, so if you, this is, this goes against the whole, like, you know, if you're a carpenter, everything is a nail. If you're a hammer, everything is a nail. I don't know, I don't know this, this saying exactly. Um, but if you're just a video production company or if you're just any kind, you know, a photographer or if you're a uh, graphic designer, all you see out in the world are logos. All you see out in the world are photos that you can give to people. And instead, if you talk to the client and say, well, what do you really need? And it's like, well, we need a new, we need a new photo on our, on our landing page of our website. And you go, why? And they go, okay, well, we don't think it's engaging enough, and we don't think we get enough web traffic. And you go, why aren't you getting enough web traffic? And you go, well, because we're doing, the, you know. And then they like, that's where the the conversation and the questions kind of snowball into a. You're uncovering a greater problem. You're kind of peeling back the layers of the onion, um, because and this is what's going to start to separate you. And we'll we'll get into more of this. This is what's going to start to separate you from just the vendor to the expert. You're a a vendor gets told what to do by the client. The client is self-diagnosed themselves. They say, I, you know, my knee hurts. And they go, okay, how about I just give you a knee brace and some pain pills? And it's like, great, that's all I wanted. Give me, you know, give me, knee, give me a knee brace and pain pills. And it's like, if the doctor didn't ask any follow-up questions, that would be malpractice. That would be wrong. So instead, the doctor would say, okay, your knee hurts, and, and maybe a knee brace is a good idea. Maybe some pain pills are a good idea. 
why do you, you know, why do you think your knee hurts? Oh, because I'm this. Oh, because I don't work out enough. Oh, because, you know, I don't stretch my legs enough. Oh, you know, like you start to uncover, you know, we're not saying, you're not saying to the, to the client's face that they're wrong. You're not saying that this is dumb or you, or the solution that you picked out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe you need a video for your website. Maybe you need a new photo for your profile picture, whatever. Um, you're you're accepting that and say okay maybe you're right but let's find out more so you just keep asking questions and you're going to figure out uh what is their core problem and how can you solve it okay so the first rule in this book is price the client not the job um and we're going to go there's six rules that we're going to go i think it's six um we'll, we'll go over these rules um in the book there's a set of rules and in the back there's like a sentence there's scenarios the book is the book is really good i recommend it guys um Rule number one, price the client, not the job. This sounds like price discrimination, and it is. If you're selling a $10,000 video to someone, and they are a small mom and pop, let's say, uh, community bank. Let's say a mom and pop community bank, uh, federal credit union or, or whatever, and they need the video for their new, for their new website. They just launched a, a new, brand new bank. So, you know, okay, that $10,000 video maybe a fair price to them. Now let's say Nike came in and said, hey, we want that same video, same quality, same amount of input, same amount of time spent on it. Would you sell that video to Nike for $10,000? I would I would say no, because there's more risk involved with the Nike client. If, if Nike takes your video, puts it online, and it flops or it causes a media firestorm, that's a lot of risk. That's a lot of risk on their end. And so to say like, oh, you know, $10,000 for the video, that's pretty good. Maybe that's good for you. But to the client, that may not be good enough. So you may you have to price the client, not the job. Yes, you yes you make, okay, it's the same inputs. If you're making a logo, yes, it's still Photoshop. Yes, you're paying the Adobe Cloud subscription. Yes, you're paying for your laptop and you're spending, you know, 50 hours on the logo. Those are all the same inputs but it's more valuable to a bigger client than it is to a smaller client. So you have to kind of judge that. You may be doing the same exact thing, but you have to figure out, is this worth more to this client? Because there's more inherent risk if this goes wrong. So that's, uh, and that's kind of, we're kind of circling around value pricing. The next rule is to offer options and offer at least three. So you kind of have to think like a SaaS company. Um, so Salesforce, any kind of software as a service company, Slack, whatever it's you know you go to their you know you go to their pricing page on their on their website and they give you these three little columns and it's you know here's the light edition the medium edition the heavy edition or you know uh, i think what i say in the video is like uh bronze silver gold some wedding photographers do this you know they do the the small medium large package the all-out full scale package the premium package and then they kind of dial it back to the budget package so it's Unlike a traditional proposal where you just give them one price and one option, you're giving you're letting the client choose what they feel comfortable with. Rule number three is anchor high. And I want you guys to check out this book here. And this is called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. I think I got it. I got it over here on the bookshelf. Um, it's a tough read. Uh, I mean, the guy's a Nobel Prize winning psychologist, sociologist, um, sci scientist. And uh, it's a heavy read i'll admit but there are some good parts where you can get through a lot of it and um and they talk about anchoring and the reason we anchor high 
in these situations is because, you know, imagine like if you're trying to get a full-time job and you're doing a salary negotiation, you know, you're not going to start with the number you actually want. You're going to start with the number above, above what you actually want. So with your proposals, you're going to set the number or at least set some of these options higher than what you would normally charge uh, because, you know, because because what it's going to do is it's going to shift the conversation on the number scale, shift it to the right. It's going to push everything to the right, make the numbers bigger so that when you negotiate down, it's going to be more in the range that you're actually secretly hoping. Um, and and what they say in this book is that even if you knew that I was giving you an anchor, even if I told you that this number I'm about to give you is just specifically there just to be high and just to throw the conversation out the window, um, you would still think of that number because we are so, uh, anchoring is the first, we care more about the first bit of information we get than other pieces of information. So, so just remember that. So when you're telling them the price, you say the big number first and then you say the small number second. It's going to sound weird, you know, to say 20000 to $15,000, you know, you would typically say fifteen to twenty, but you want to say the big number first because you want that first bit of information in their head to go to $20,000 and then they hear $15,000. So, because you want the more of the weight on the larger number to shift the conversation more in your favor. Rule number four is to say a price before you show a price. The problem with these typical proposals is that they will... There's no, you know, if if a creative person is even competent enough to talk about pricing and to talk about a budget with a client, um, maybe they do, maybe they don't, and maybe it's just kind of rough ballpark. They're not exactly sure, but they put the exact price at the very end of the proposal. You know, like I said, they, they get that 40-page proposal, and he goes to the very back, and then they finally see the price, and the client is shocked by how big the number is. Or like, we didn't talk about this, so this isn't in our budget. And then you're thinking to yourself, like, Wait, did we actually talk about a budget, or I don't even know what was in their budget? Or they said, I think you know, you're trying to think back, and you were just so you didn't have enough self confidence to talk about price. A good uh, a good saying they have in this book is, "Those who talk about money, those who don't talk about money, don't make it." So you have to start getting comfortable talking about money, talking about pricing with your clients um, in the very first conversations. Figure it out because that's going to be a filter for you. Uh, with your future clients, you don't want to waste time, and that's that's the that's the other shitty part about this. If you're if you're writing a 30-page proposal and it's spending 80 hours trying to put together this perfect proposal, and, they, and you don't even know what their price is, and then they and then it gets rejected, great, you just wasted 80 hours on something that wasn't going to go through ever. So um, even in the old school model of a proposal, know the price, know the budget, and when I say say a price, you you want to say it. Say it out loud to them. I'm going to charge you $20,000. How does that sound? And then gauge their reaction. Listen. Listen to how that that pause right there is going to give you so much information about uh, about everything. So, in uh, a quote from the book is, the proposal is the words that come out of our mouth. So, basically, how, how are we going to set up this one-page proposal? All the information that is in this proposal has already been given or been talked about and really this is just kind of putting in paper and letting them see it all at once so it's there are no surprise there should not be any surprises in this proposal that you're gonna send this one that should be crystal clear this is the price these are the services this is what we're gonna do this is how long it's gonna take us to do it and these are the goals that we're trying to solve all of that should be clear 
so a great here's like a conversation where I was kind of talking about anchoring high. Um, you say like, okay, Mr. Klein, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go back and draft up a proposal. Uh, you know, it's gonna be in the range of twenty thousand dollars to fifteen thousand dollars. That sound good to you? And you pause. One one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, and you wait, and that's it. And like, don't you know? Don't say you know like you don't want to flinch in this situation because it you know you are confident about your price. You know it's the right price, and you know you're worth that price. So just hold. Let them say something. They can say, no, that's not in their budget. Or say, yeah, Jordan, that sounds good. Sounds good to me. You go, great. You have any other questions for me? I'm going to go back and start making this proposal. I'll send it out to you in about 24 hours. Nothing? Okay, cool. Rule number five is master the value conversation. So there are four conversations in the kind of sales process when you're dealing with uh, kind of creative projects. Maybe this applies to other other forms. Um, and here are the kind of four conversations that uh, Blair in his book kind of lays out. Uh, the first conversation is the probative, these are fancy words, uh, the probative conversation, the qualifying conversation, the value conversation, and the transition conversation. And kind of simply put, the first conversation is kind of proving yourself, and usually that happens without you. That happens through your work, that happens through you speaking, that happens through videos like this, that happens through your website. Uh, you are really a part of the probative conversation with your client. Your client is kind of shopping around, we call it, and they're kind of, and through all the work that you've put out there and all the demo reels and everything that you have in portfolio, you're demonstrating your expertise to them so that when they come to you in the second conversation, the qualifying conversation, you're now qualifying them. You're qualifying the lead to make sure, okay, you, you know, that maybe the client likes you, but do you like, but do I like, but, but do I like the client? Is the client worth this? Is the client, uh, is the work worth it? Is the budget there? Do they have a specific time frame for when this should be completed? All that stuff. And then finally, well not finally, sorry. Uh, the third, then we go into the value conversation. So that's what we, um, and that's just determining the value. So you've kind of talked with the client, you figured out what their problems are. Now you're figuring out how much it, what is it worth to them if we solve this problem, if we were to knock this out of the park, if we had to, you know, really hit a home run with this, what does this look like? What, you know, what, uh, what's the value to you? And you kind of, and you're kind of like figuring it out through, and you can do metrics, you can do, uh, increase revenue, all the, you can, this is where you have to start to figure out, um, this is where it gets really fuzzy and really like, this becomes the more art than science where you're figuring out, what does it work to you if we were to increase revenue, if we were to add more users, if we were to get more site traffic on your on your website, what would that do for you? You kind you need to kind of figure that out uh, with the client, kind of walk that walk, not walk it through with them, but walk together, kind of hand in hand, to try to figure out if we were to solve this problem, what does it work to you? What's the value to you? And then the, finally, the transition conversation. That's just you know, that's the transition. They like it. Everything looks good. Now you just transition to sending them a contract or, you know, starting your services. Um, any questions so far? I'm going to reach out to the live stream guys and see uh, if anybody has any questions so far. Um, is the audio still there? I think we've cut out for a, an extra second there before we kind of, um, but we're going to press on any questions at all. And if you have something in the comments, I'll just, you know, I'll answer it later. That's totally fine. Um, okay. All right, so one question I got 
um, that I wanted to go over is when do I send this proposal? I wasn't exactly clear on when you should send this proposal. Um, one question I got was like, should I send this? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Should I send this proposal in the first initial email or the first initial like meeting with someone or like print this out? Um, no, you shouldn't. That that's more of a productized service. That's more of like, that's more of you're selling a package set of goods or a package set of services that you already kind of have predetermined the price and. That's a different way to kind of price your projects is to kind of like you already have this kind of preset built-in uh, price and this is a package that you just kind of sell to the masses and um, there's not much there's not much hands-on uh, services or oops, there's not much hands-on services or strategy when it comes to you know dealing with you uh, it's more just like this is a pre-packaged thing so uh, for this type of proposal no you don't want to send it in the first uh, email or like you know hey nice to meet you I was hoping we can set up a call hoping we can set up some kind of meeting you see it see my attached proposal I wouldn't do that no because uh, because one you don't know you know it kind of goes against what we're saying you don't know anything about the client you don't know what the problem is and you don't know what it's worth worth it to them to solve that problem and you don't really know their budget either you don't know uh, you may be sending a proposal and it may be way over their budget or maybe way under their budget and they you know and then that's not good for you because you want to, you know, that means you could, you're leaving money on the table with your projects. Um, this, the proposal goes towards, you know, I would say like this kind of section, like right here, like you could determine the value, it goes kind of right in between that conversation. And are you going to know when these conversations are going to happen? No, you're not. Uh, it's just going to take some time to figure out like, oh, I think I'm in a qualifying conversation right now, or like, oh, okay. Right now we're in the values. Like it's gonna just take some, uh, take some feel and take some practice. You're gonna have to look really stupid to potential clients and prospective clients a lot of times and sound really dumb uh, until you start to figure this out. Um, but the the weird part about all of this is you can't practice it by yourself. You have to practice it with a live client, and you have to look dumb for some of these projects. Um, and that's okay. That's part of the learning process. Um, so that's, yeah, so I would send the proposal in that section. Um, in so when you actually send the proposal, and when this is where uh, Blair Inn's original book, Women Without Pitching, kind of goes against um, goes against pitching in general, like the whole like standing up, showing off, hit and play on the on the projector screen, and showing you like fancy video that is a little bit self indulgent, and you kind of just you know, masturbating in front of the whole audience, uh, showing you how great you are uh, and how great your project is and how smart you are as a, a designer or, or a filmmaker or whatever you are. Um, so how you would present this proposal is after you've had that conversation, you know, hey, I'm going to go back and send, you know, send you some questions or, you know, I'm going to go back and make this proposal. Within 24 hours, you want to start having this proposal conversation again. And you don't want to just send it over the fence and say, you know, hey, see attached, I just attached a proposal, talk to you next week. You want to say, hey, uh, the 24 hours before you start the proposal in that conversation, that last conversation that you have, say, hey, in 24 hours and 48 hours, I'm going to send you this proposal. I'd like to be over the phone with you when we go through this because I don't want you to have any questions. And if you do have questions, I want to be able, be there for you to answer it in real time. Um, and they usually say, yeah, sure, that's fine. Um, 
Send it about 30 minutes before the call. Send it over email. Send it as a PDF, whatever, or print it out if you meet in person. Um, I say 30 minutes because you don't want to get caught in a bind where you're trying to like, you know, I've, I sent it like a minute before the call, and then it just kind of got lost in the email and it never showed up. Um, and then, so, and once you're in that conversation, once you're in the, this is the kind of presentation proposal, and there's, but there's no presentation, there's no slideshow, there's no, it's just the paper. It's just the one page and you say let's go through these you know let's again let's kind of restate what we hoped this project will solve what we hope this proposal will solve and you kind of go through this is the initial problem this is what a home run looks like these are the metrics we're going to solve so maybe it's increased revenue maybe it's uh you know more users to the site uh this is the value that we and and the value part you don't really like don't the, the weird part about what I learned with the value-based pricing is that you don't talk about value-based pricing with your client. It's it's not, uh, you're not trying to, because it sounds a little manipulative, so to say, like, this is something internally. So you're listening that, oh, if you solve this problem for them, their revenue would increase by $100,000. You don't out loud say, oh, $100,000, well, if, we, if I charge you $20,000, $25,000, you know that's a 5x 4x increase on your value you just you in your head know that number okay twenty thousand dollars and then when you're presenting it then you, you can maybe word it a little bit differently but you're not out loud in front of them like giving them value-based pricing uh, tactics uh, um, and then you walk through the options of the proposal so I usually start with the big option option three and then go to option two then option one and we're gonna do a demo here in a minute to kind of build out something um, but you start with the big number again because that's the first bit of information you want them to have so that big number sticks in their mind and then you go to option two then option one and I think that's the end of the, that's the end of the uh, PowerPoint there so awesome so let's kind of switch over to the oh, oh god let's see if I can switch over to the demo any questions let me see if we got some questions out there in the world Okay, sit tight one second, folks. Let me get my window popped up. Nope, don't want that. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, oh, I know. I had it in mind. That's why I can't see it. There it is. Okay. Boom, there we go. Got him. Got him. Okay. Cool, so let's kind of go through this proposal and uh, kind of go through how we can build it. And uh, yeah, let's just start. So, okay, so this is, this is again, this is a one-page proposal. Um, kind of go through the basics, you know, kind of have like, let's put your, you put your client's name up here. Uh, I usually put project type, just kind of very broad, generic kind of terms. You know, hey, this is a, let me zoom in for you guys. Let me know if you can see it. Um, let me expand this a little bit. Um, project deadline. What I've learned with projects like this, usually like large strategy engagements, they don't go based on the timeline like you can say you can hope that it's going to take uh six months to do but it could take eight months it could take nine months it could be a lot sooner a lot um 
it's hard to judge timeline sometimes. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, okay. And then we'll scooch over to the top right, and then you can just add your company name here. I usually like embed my website there, so they can kind of click on it, you know, as a PDF. Put a little tagline there. You can take all this out and put your logo if you like. Uh, it's up to you. Do a proposal. All right, so then we, you know, very straightforward. We got the one two, options one, two, and three. So we'll go through option number three. Over. Okay. Three, option two, actually I'll leave this in. So what I had here was the high anchor. So the, again, this is the large numbers. We're gonna put the big number first. And this is meant a lot of this too is uh you're kind of like visually manipulating a little bit. And manipulate I don't mean manipulating like in a bad way, you're just like we're visual people, so we just, you know, when we see something big, we think it's a lot, and we think it has a lot of premium services, and it does, to be honest. Like, I'm not, I'm not faking any of this, but it's meant to look, visually, we're meant to look big and small. So, it's, uh, so at a glance, you could look at this and say, oh, wow, the thing, option three is clearly the biggest thing. It's clearly, like, the premium, uh, premium option. Uh, that's, that seems, seems like the right thing to do. So let's say uh, we're going to do a marketing build out. Let's say like the client needs a website, they need a, a new video, and they need a new branding. Um, so we're just going to build it out. So let's say I start with the you know, website. Let me turn the caps lock off. Website build out. You know, maybe do some like and, uh, you know, maintenance. Um, don't care about spell check. Maintenance for six months. Um, and then we'll say, all right, we'll do a marketing bill. So like our email marketing, um, you know, system. Maybe it's like you want to set up a MailChimp for them or set up some kind of like convert kit so that when people come to their site, they can like start to collect emails. Uh, the next would be, let's say they need, all right, so they're also going to need a, a mini documentary. They need a cover video for their website, mini documentary, and then also like a 60-second uh, trailer for that video. And then maybe even uh, some new photos. So, uh, photography session, say like brand photography session, and then, um, then we'll say like some social media ad creation, ad creation. What I usually do as well, and I'm like, this is a very like execution based proposal, I would most likely do a kind of strategy overview or a discovery session, whatever you want to call it. Discovery session. So there. So it kind of looks. It looks big. It looks like there's a lot. And there's a lot that goes into it. You know, style it however you like. Uh, use whatever fonts. I usually do the fonts that kind of match my brand. Um, so this is another great opportunity to kind of like show off your brand and kind of show off who you are uh, in in very subtle ways. Um, okay. So visually, it looks like a lot. It's it's a lot of stuff, uh, and then we kind of we'll go over the terms in a little bit, and then the price will go over that in a little bit as well. So, but for now, let's just say ah whatever fifty thousand dollars. We're gonna really anchor it up. We don't know what their budget. Let's say their budget is uh, twenty thousand dollars. Okay, so their budget is twenty thousand dollars. So let's move to option two. So what gets easy with this 
uh, proposal build out is that you just kind of pare down as you go. So you say, all right, well, the you know the the brand photography session and the social media ad creation that's a little bit extra. So let's just instead let's do that. Let's just do actually you know we're not even going to do the 60 second trailer. We're just what you're doing with these options is you're making you're paring it down and you're making the client see what they're missing out on. You're giving them a little bit of FOMO with each option and that's you know that's a, that's psychology sales psychology ripped straight out of these sales um, these SaaS products they make you see what you're missing out so when if you sign up for slack if you sign up for you know, even maybe even sign up for a zoom call or a zoom account lately and you see what you're missing out you see the free version but the free version has all these kind of like uh, things that kind of hold you back they maybe they put a branding over the top of it maybe they put um, you know, so, so they put some kind of limitation on, but then you see what you're missing out. You see that you could do a fully branded, fully built out Zoom call, and um, and that's what this proposal is kind of riffing off that same psychology. And option three, you want to show them everything that you're going to give them, all the premium services that you're going to give them, and then you're going to go down and down and down and down until you're left with the option one, where they're kind of feeling like a little bit left out. Or something, you know, they feel that burn a little bit. Um, so yeah, so and again, you're just kind of copy pasting. So and you kind of just chopping things down. Okay, so like, all right, maybe uh, let's only do three months of maintenance for their website, and let's just do, um, yeah, that's fine. But you know, and visually again, it looks different. And then let's say, all right, let's go, uh, and let's say maybe this for this budget is twenty thousand dollars. Like that was their budget, and then let's go over here. And say, all right, well, for option one, oops, we have to do option one, option two. All right, this is the client's budget. I'm breaking down here. We'll do the price in a minute. Um, option one is, uh, you know what? We're not even going to do uh, no documentary and no, uh, we're not even going to set up your email. We're just going to build your website and we'll do some strategy for you. So there. So that's like, that's your kind of feature build out. And this is what I mean, like at the very beginning, if you'd have thought ahead of time what you were going to give the client and not even knew what their problems were, then you would have already had this whole thing built out and say, oh, you know, it's a documentary or full link documentary or um, it's, you know, there's, you would are, you, you're, you don't want to think about the solutions before you fully understand what the problem is and before you even understand what the budget is. You don't even want to think about solutions. You're just like, I, what is this worth to you? What's the value to you? And then you start to think about options um, because these kinds of things you don't necessarily do. You're, you have to be, you have to start acting like a business owner. You know, in these kind of situations, you're not just the strategic or you're not just the execution side. You're not just, you're not the guy rolling the camera. You may need to hire a web team. You may need to hire a marketing guy. Who you know, you may need to hire a film crew to help you build all this. This stuff is kind of baked into your into your cost, into your price. Um, but the all these options, what they do is they help the client in some way solve the problem. If you really want the problem to be fully solved, go with option three. If you really want the uh, if you want some of the option to be solved, go with option two. If you want just a surface level, barely approaching, good enough approach to solving the client's problem, then just go with the option one. Um, 
So let's price this at uh, let's say ten thousand dollars. Uh, and let's see, we had a question coming in. Maybe I missed any workload. You already know the client's budget when creating option three. Okay, so knowing your yeah, let's go into the prices now. So knowing your client's budget is one thing. Giving handing out these prices is another. So you may know your client's budget. Let's see. so for this example, let's say the budget was twenty thousand dollars. That just means what you said. You know, show a price for you before they see a price, or sorry, say a price before you show a price. They said their budget was twenty thousand dollars. You don't have to hold on to that necessarily. You know, you you can show them a little bit that you're kind of giving them a nod to say, hey, I know your budget was $20,000. This option, option one, is in your budget. Or, you know, maybe this one is a little bit outside your budget, a little, a little bit over their budget. What the option three number is supposed to do is kind of throw that number way out. So if they said their budget was $20,000 and you're offering something that's $50,000, that's over 2x. Um, and sometimes you can do even more. You could say, like, you could really throw the conversation and say, this is $60,000. I know your budget is $20,000, but what we're offering, this is 3x the price. And you'll look at that, the client's like, whoa, that's insane. You know, that's that's 3x the price. That's way too much. Uh, because what we're doing in this psychology, we're making option two look good. Option one is meant to look scant. It's meant to look small, pared down, surface level problem solving. Option three is meant to look overly luxurious way out of their budget way premium it'll get the job done it will it'll it'll knock the, it'll knock it out of the park it'll get the job done so well but option three gets rarely chosen i say like less than 20 percent of the time your client's going to go with option three the kind of distribution is you want them all to kind of focus on option two because you're comparing we're all you know we have to compare things twenty thousand dollars is a lot of money $20,000 may not be a lot of money. Um, you know, it depends. You had what's what's it compared to? Is it 20 is $20,000 compared to $100,000 or is it $20,000 compared to $2,000? What is the comparison? So what this proposal is able to do with the options, you're able to show the client uh, give them the option to kind of compare, shop, shop around, see what the options are. And so that's with option 3. Uh, option 1 is kind of meant to look small, meant to look in their budget. Um, and it, uh, what I used to do when I was uh, back when I was shooting weddings, what I would used to do when I kind of price my projects, I would try to price them like you know a retailer would price it, or you know these kind of like big box stores. You just like when you don't know how to price something, you just like oh I'll just you know I'll just do what the big retail store places do, and you would do like. Instead of ten thousand dollars, you would do nine nine nine, or you would do you know nine fifty, or you do nine hundred, or like ninety five hundred. Um, what all these look like is you threw this into a formula. All this is is just you don't want your client to, or yeah, you know, I think in the in the last video I said like oh you know you could do like uh, a very random number like that. That to me looks like a formula, and if I'm able to see a formula, I'm able to you know slice it down figure out what your hourly rate and figure out how much I can get out of you and, and I can bargain for you I'm thinking about moving soon and I'm looking at some movers and I looked at and they show how many how much it is for three people how much it is for a four-man crew a five-man crew and then I looked at their 
hourly rate and, and you're able to divide their hourly rate you're able to see the formula you're able to say like okay they divide their okay it's the number goes up you just divide it by the crew numbers and you divide it by the number of hours that you need them and then you're able to see oh that's your hourly rate uh, and then from there they can like start to negotiate just your hourly rate if they see this number they go okay how do you get this number okay all right he's charging this much and even like comparing it so it's like okay you know when you see when you see ten thousand dollars here and this is another thing where they like you don't want them to like find nice big round number keep it like that when they go okay from here to here I get all this for ten thousand, so that means I get all this for ten thousand. So you're telling me that this, these two here are twelve thousand dollars, but then how would you break that up? Like, is this seven thousand? This five thousand? Is this ten thousand? This is two thousand? When the client is unable to kind of break it apart and kind of analyze the equation behind it, they're able to just kind of like settle with the price and say, okay, this makes sense. This, uh, this is correct. Um, so that's kind of that. So big round numbers. You know, I clean it up. I put the K's next to it. But you know, if you're selling a project for two thousand bucks, then put two thousand bucks. Two thousand bucks. You know, a million bucks. Whatever. Five thousand bucks. Doesn't have to be crazy. Doesn't have to be. It doesn't like the the thing about this too is you are not supposed to spend a lot of time on this. You make it. You send it out, and that's it. You don't worry about it. You don't think about it. You don't tweak it a million times a day. You're just, that's it. You're just, you're there. Like, that's, you know, you make it. This What this is meant to do is this is to save you so much more time so you can go spend time making videos like this and, you know, writing emails and writing and making podcasts. You're supposed to do all that, making your own YouTube videos. It's like, if, you, if I were spending 80 hours a week on this, uh, then like what else do I have time to do or like where else can I like improve my business and spend time in on improving my own business as opposed to trying to like pitch someone else and hopefully they'll hire me um, so let's talk about terms now um, terms you don't have to include you can leave these completely blank you can eliminate that column or sorry that row entirely um, on the lower end I usually force the terms to be more in my favor so if you're wanting to pay less you're going to pay more upfront. And it could be 100% upfront, it could be 80, 75% upfront, 60%. You're going to pay the majority of your money on the, these lower projects. You're going to pay the majority upfront. In the middle, I kind of, well, I usually do like 70, 30. And as the numbers get bigger and bigger, I kind of more, uh, I'll break it up into three payments or two payments. Um, it's important for these conversations to have uh, with your clients. So figure out do you need to, because sometimes they may just pay upfront, and that's cool. That's fine. Or they half now, half later, or you're creating some sort of benchmark or milestone after we complete this or after, 30, you know, I've even said like this is due and then after 30 days, this is due and then after 60 days, this is due. Because again, you know, remember, you don't exactly know the timeline. So I would be careful about attaching uh, deliverables and time based payments next to you because you might run into a, a cash flow issue. You don't want to be you don't want that last payment tied up based on a project that the client is delaying giving you um you would rather have it based on some sort of like ob objective like okay it's may for, you know you're going to pay me may 1 june 1 and july 1 and that's when you're going to pay me there's no whatever progress we're at we could be 10 percent into the project project we could be 90 percent into the project you're going to pay me on these certain times and this is when i need the money um yeah that is it um you can have a date 
if you want to go onto a second page, do with caution. Um, what I've done on the second page is I have done, again, lay out those metrics, lay out those measurable things, um, write out the problem you're trying to solve, write out how, you know, don't write out how you're going to solve it, don't do a bio about you, don't do a bio about them, just talk about, um, yeah, just going to go with caution, like be a little, be a little weary on the, on the page two. Okay. So that's it. Um, let's see if we have any questions for the folks out there. Um, yeah, this is a good time to ask your questions, guys, if you have any. Um, I think that about covers it for the, uh, for the one-page proposal. Again, um, you can go to jordanpanderson.com to download it. There should, if you're on YouTube, I think there should be a download link in the, um, in the description. It says, like, download here. Um, or you go to jordanpanderson.com slash learn, and there should be some resources down there for you to download, uh, download some templates. Let me see where else we're at. See how I'm getting with the... If you have any other questions, I'll check the other places. I'll check Facebook. See how we're doing on there. I think that's it. Yep. No? Looks good. Maybe. Okay. Alright, well, if you do have questions or, you know, maybe you're watching this video in uh, several months after the live stream happened, uh, it's totally fine. Um, send me a question, go to jordanpanderson.com and uh, you can find my contact information there. Uh, if you guys are out there and watching this live stream, I'm doing a, uh, I've now been doing a daily email for the last eight weeks, I believe, and they're still going strong. Um, we're sending it every day or at least uh, every weekday and maybe sometimes on Sunday, sometimes on Saturday, I kind of choose either one. Um, but we're doing stuff just like this. We're doing all this kind of uh, anything to kind of help your creative business, um, just, and um, and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Each email I send out is only like less than two minute read. Um, but again, go to jordanpanderson.com and you can sign up there, um, and I'll start to send you out some like test emails because I know like sending a daily email to your inbox may get a little overwhelming. Um, so I kind of send you some test emails to kind of get you used to the idea of a daily email, and then from there um, we're gonna turn it on. Crank it up to 11, I call it. Um, but thanks for watching. Everyone who's kind of watched the live stream, uh, I will see if there are any more questions. But I'll be, if uh, I'll kind of check back the live stream of this. If it is crappy enough, then I'll kind of upload uh, this video properly so you can, <laughs> you can watch it without any interruptions. Um, but that's it. Thanks for watching, guys. And uh... oh no! <laughs> oh, right as I'm about to, right as I'm about to end the stream, it just ends itself. It's Thanks for listening to the Jordan P. Anderson Podcast. Before we swipe away and go on to the next episode, I want you guys to go to jordanpanderson.com to sign up for my daily newsletter where we're talking about strategy, marketing, branding for creative small businesses. So if you're a creative small business, I want you guys to sign up at jordanpanderson.com. I'll see you there.